0: Greetings and salutations! Another episode of Things Up, a sports podcast about FAMU athletics. And what a week it has been! Week after National Signing Day, FAMU had great class. The class is ranked inside of the top five, top ten when you're looking at historically black colleges and universities. And honestly, in all of FCS football, FAMU is up there right now. Uh, But let me start off by talking about the basketball team. The basketball team had a seven-game win streak going to the game against Texas Southern. And it wasn't a pretty game. It wasn't the most beautiful game to watch. You could tell where we were missing a little something there. And in my personal opinion, I definitely feel like it was the band. If you did not know, the band was at the Senior Bowl of Mobile, Alabama. And they put on a show. If you want to see some of the music that they played and some of the things that they did, I definitely shared it on the fifth quarter's Twitter page. There, follow, and you'll be able to see some of the information and some of the retweets and other things that are posted on there. But after that loss to Texas Southern, and it was a tough one, the Rattlers bounced back and they played Prairie View last night, and they come out with a win, 61-60, late point three-pointer, uh, kind of seals the deal there. And it was it was a tight game going into halftime. Family was losing. Couple questionable questionable calls down the line From the refs if you ask me I know the coach can't say that But I had questions And the Rattlers were able to pull it out Great game Hopefully we can get that crowd back going Once the 100 comes back I, You know they need a day off After all the travel and whatnot. We can get it back going uh, In the Lawson Center it looks good uh, Considering This team currently has a losing record overall All the wins that FAMU has are within the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Again, there were no Division I victories prior to this uh, SWAT conference start. That being said, though, we also got a little bit of recruiting to talk about in regards to basketball. And uh, it's from the men's basketball team. Jordan Burks, 6'9", 180 pound. They list him as a guard and a forward from Decatur, Alabama. Uh, Coming to a school like a FAMU, he's more than likely going to play a power forward or small forward position just because we tend not to get a lot of guys that are above 6'10 and 6'11, 7 feet. You don't, you don't normally see a lot of those guys at historically black college and universities. And I honestly can't think of a, of a reputable star that has been that size of fam. You probably since Jerome James, and that's been probably over 20 years. So you're talking about a guy 6'9, good size, probably play the four, the four, maybe the three. And if he can uh, dribble the ball at all, do anything with the basketball, you're going to be able to see him potentially bring the ball down court and just kind of switch up the game because we're definitely seeing with Coach McCullum, he likes to switch the game up. He likes to keep the ball in movement, but he's willing to feed his best players. We're seeing MJ is up there, one of the league leaders in points per game. And he sink old buckets on tw- on Twitter, but MJ is leading the conference. And you see at times where sometimes it's give the ball to MJ and let's see what happens. Other times, hey, let's see what Keith Little's got has for us. And then out there in the corner, we all know what downtown Johnny Brown has been doing. He has saved our butts a few times already this season, so we're able to see that coach knows who his good guys are. You got a aged team, uh, very experienced. So coming in a swag play. We're definitely seeing the fruits of those labors. On the other side, it's the women's basketball team, and the women's basketball team was the opposite. Coming into the swag play, they beat Division One teams They looked like they were gonna put something good out there for us to watching. This season has been it's been a knot, uh, especially in swag play. We have not won a game, and it's not a point of frustration at this point because it's Coach Pillow's first season. Understanding this is her first season. Last year, she was there, but it was a COVID year. So you really didn't do anything. This year, they are, or the women's team, I shouldn't say they, but our girls, our ladies are not finishing games. The game against Prairie View, FAMU was up at halftime. And it was looking like, okay, all right, we're about to get one. We're going to get a win. Very excited as a fan. And come back we lost again so it, it's a tough season for coach pillow hopefully she gets the chance to right the ship I, I don't see her getting fired early because this team's not playing well it's a year after a cover year it's your first year i feel like she's going to get a chance to get some more players in there the international excuse that any person's going to have is i ain't got my people in there yet and i'm not saying coach is using that excuse but that's what i'm saying is probably going to be said from those who are backers and those who are non-backers are going to be, hey, we hadn't won a game. What can you show me? Um, I'm going to say I'm on the side of the backers. I do feel like Coach Pillow deserves some more time. Got a brief chance to run into her for a real quick second. And she definitely seems like a good fit for FAMU. Do I know that she's going to be able to turn this around next year? I'm not going to say that yet. I haven't seen all the girls she has on the squad. And I'm definitely not I'm not ready to just sit up here and throw all my chips behind her, but I'm cheering for her and I'm pulling for her, and I'm not going to wish ill on her. Now, let's go to the moneymaker. And that is FAMU football, FAMU football. There is no question that is the breadwinner when it comes to the programs that are on campus. And we just had National Sign Day. I just talked about it. They had a National Sign Day celebration at the moon and you can see different videos and pictures and different things that relate to that event and you get to see coach simmons talking about it it looked like a lot of fun now i'm going to focus on some of the positions we signed and kind of highlight where we where we are and what i think on this first spot is the offensive line and famu's offensive line took a major hit lost a lot of really experienced talent that had good size, and we noticed that within the southwestern athletic conference this year, we weren't in the MAC any, the MEAC anymore. And in the MAC, it wasn't quite as wide open. Teams tend to run the ball a little more ground and pound, and the way FAU tended to get over was maximizing and utilizing our speed. We were faster than a lot of the teams we played. We could get the ball to a person like Bishop Bonnet in space, and Bishop Bonnet could outrun most of the guys. That were on the other teams, unless we were playing a North Carolina A&T or a South Carolina State. Or Putum Cookman. Those teams were recruiting for these from these speedier areas and were able to have those offensive line mixes similar to what we had. Then you put Family in the SWAC, and we have that same similar formula, but okay, we can't just outrun everybody. But what we could do is out muscle, and we saw that. The SWAC teams do not respond very well to very physical football. Not saying anybody's soft. That's that, oh, oh, my cheese mode that we like, man, he's soft, he's soft. No, I'm I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is when you lean on the SWAC defensive lines, when you lean on their offensive lines and you put some big dudes in there, it, it doesn't normally bode very well for those teams. We saw that in most of the games, fam, you played. Bambi was able to run the ball against Jackson State. We lost by one point. I was in Miami, and it wasn't like, oh, man, we we can't compete with these guys. It was, no, run the ball at them. We're moving these guys. Keep running the ball at them. And, uh, of course, again, we lose that game. But we see later on the game against South Carolina State. And even Coach Black attested to this when he was on Twitter. He's like, he goes, this game plan looks real familiar. And it was. They had a quarterback who wasn't having the best day. That sounds familiar to what happened in Miami. And you got a running game that could take over a game. And it did that. And so, FAMU is saying this is something that we see as a point of emphasis, as an opportunity for us to give us the best chance to win. That being said, our offensive line, we're going to start with Jalen Armstrong. He's from Colin College in Calhoun City High School is where he actually I went to high school with but in College, one of those schools over there in the Mississippi area, 6'4", 310 pound big dude Juco product so he's coming in with a little experience so you're losing guys that are very experienced but you're bringing in guys that are experienced next one is TJ Demis Central Catholic High School in Clearwater, Florida and six three hundred five. so freshman Young dude, but he's got size on him, and he doesn't really look fat. Like that's one of the things where you kind of, when you look at his pictures, you look at his film. He's not slovenly He's not one of these dudes where he's three hundred five pounds and it's all belly. Like, nah, he's three hundred five pounds, and he's he's kind of a lean three hundred five. If there is a lean three hundred five, like he's 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 stocky is what we used to say about him. And so he's well put together. I feel like if he can stay in the weight room. Maybe get to 320 and put on good weight. He'll be fine. Um, and honestly, I don't. I don't think you really want him to gain much weight. 305 is a really good weight for an offensive lineman. He's six feet. I feel like that puts him as a center or a guard, just because. To me, tackles tend to need to need to have longer arms so that they can fight off those hard rushing defensive ends. Next one is Jalen Goss. He's our second transfer. From Florida State University in as many years. Local guy from Valdosta. Valdosta is about an hour and a half from Tallahassee. 6'7", 290. And when you listen to the, the prognosticators talk about Jalen Goss. They question was he quite large enough to play in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Was he a Florida State level talent? I would contend that from watching. I don't know. I think he could have played at that level but I also feel like he wasn't going to become a starter very quickly maybe until his senior redshirt senior year not downplaying the guy's talent just saying from what I saw with my eyes watching as a football fan I feel like him coming to the swag. he's going to start uh, 6'7 290 could be a tackle tall guy maybe he can if he's got some good bend and quick enough feet He's gonna be able to last out there, and he's not. He's another one of those guys. That 290 is not a big 290. It's not a fat 290. When you look at the pictures of him and the film of him, he sometimes looks a little lean. He almost has to me like a. He could be on the basketball team. At at, if he were to lose 30, 40 pounds, he could play power forward for family basketball. Right now, he's not a fat guy, but he's also not crazily overly muscular. Like good build. But definitely going to have to fill out that physique some, see if we can get him closer to 300, build out that muscle, because if he's going to stay at 290, he's got to continue to work on that strength. Next one is William McCullum, another guy from Collin, and he's originally from Forest Hill High School, 6'4", 335. Another guy could be a tackle, but you're already seeing he's a product that's, I wouldn't say he's proven, but he has experience. He's played college football. He's played at the junior college level. So he's coming in with that hunger, that desire, and that want to do better. As we know, junior colleges are, some of them aren't even quite as good as high schools. So now you're going from that to FAMU where FAMU is working on building a program, new football stadium, new locker room, new weight room facilities, very new facilities, considering within the past three years since college. Our athletic director, Courtney Gaucher has gotten there. We've seen some great changes, and we're going to continue to see those changes. We'll talk about that later. Not today, though. Um, next one is going to be Darian Whedon, and he is from Cisco College, six three three twenty. another junior college product. So we're seeing on the offensive line, Coach Simmons is replacing experience with experienced people. The question is, can they gel together? Can they buy in? And will they all be able to mix in a way that's going to allow the football team to be able to run at its best? Because personally, I feel like the offensive and defensive lines are the most important part of the ball. I I feel like you can have a quarterback who's mediocre and have a really good offensive line, but I feel like that quarterback can make it happen if he's got enough time. He can read defenses. Next spot, mentioning the quarterback is Jeremy Musa, quarterback from Vanderbilt University originally from California, six three two nineteen. I talked about him a little bit in the last show. I honestly don't see him starting this year over Rashawn McKay. I feel like and see him being a guy that's there for competition. He, him and McKay are going to duke it out, in my opinion, and we're going to see how that works out. I also want to see where Junior fits in on this. Junior, guy from Wakaba High School in the Orlando area. Really, it's a popka, but... I didn't think Junior knew the playbook, uh, if I'm being honest. That's just from my honest eyes, watching the games, and especially being in Miami, I feel like he wasn't quite ready there, but you could see he's got the arm talent. And when he knew the play, he knew what to do with it. The ball came out nice, good throwing motion. I just felt like that next game – the other team knew what was coming, and uh, it, it didn't go as well as we would have liked. While he was in there, uh, next guy is an athlete from Tallahassee Rickards High School, Michael Townsend, six foot one sixty-five. He plays quarterback in high school, but he's listed as an athlete. And when you watch his film, he's fast. He doesn't get caught from behind, and he can take a he can take a hit. I personally feel like at six feet, I don't think he's going to play quarterback at FAMU. I feel like he's going to move to either receiver, maybe corner, but six foot, one sixty-five. you got good wheels. If he can put on 15, 20 pounds to get to that 180, 185 range, I feel like you got a good guy, and especially if he can catch the ball. I feel like he's going to be one of those guys that maybe he comes out of the backfield, you throw it to him, he's playing a running back, double pass. He's a receiver, and for the life of me, I don't understand why FAMU loves to run that wide receiver screen that goes nowhere. But now you got a guy that wide receiver screen, oh man, crashing that plays going nowhere. This dude is a quarterback in high school, throws the ball over the top, and now that's that's a play that's in the arsenal. That that because this guy's coming out of high school as a quarterback, transitioning to a receiver, and he's got two guys blocking in front of him. And on the other side, a dude that's ho- that's hopefully running behind coverage because the safety came up recognizing that we're running a screen play. So, again, I-, I see him as a guy that could fit in to run some gadget plays and other things like that. Staying within the wide receiver room, though, FAMU picks up Kareem Burke out of Raines High School. Raines High School is really good. The Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. He's a six foot, one hundred sixty five pound receiver, and he could scoop. Uh, his film show that I saw show that he's got good speed. He looks like he also does a little bit of track and hopefully he can keep that up. Uh, we need that. Looks like both of our all of our receivers that we're bringing in are below six foot four. So that's normally your guys that are either possession receivers or they're fast. And so hopefully we can get him in here and he can make some good noise, uh, get into some good trouble while he's here. at FAMU, especially on the field. Rack Boys 3.0. Uh, I know we're on 2.0 right now, but another version of the Rack Boys. I'm never not here for it. I'm always here for the Rack Boys. Uh, they they have a great tradition at Florida a Next receiver is Trevante Davis, wide receiver from Wayne State. He's a Division II product, and he's coming up to Division One football. Yes, fam, he was Division One football. Six one two zero five. He's got some experience his numbers said he had around 38 catches last year in that offense and it looks like he's stepping up in competition. So, I'm excited to see what he's going to look like. Also excited to see how we're going to how he's going to gel him with those guys cuz we did lose a couple receivers and how does that step up in competition affect his productivity? Uh 38 catches is not a lot, but it's also not a little uh considering you're Division II, you're in college football. Not likely you're going to have 150, 200 catches, but is that going to translate within this offense to being about the same? Because if he can get 38 catches at FAMU, that's good considering this receiver room. And the receivers at FAMU don't drop a lot of balls. I I, I have no qualms in saying FAMU probably has the receivers with the best hands in the city when it comes to between FAMU and FSU. They drop a lot of balls in Florida State. FAMU, I didn't see that. Next position is a running back position. And we get a transfer from Georgia State University up there in Atlanta. But he's actually from Tallahassee. Another product from Rickers High School. 5'10", 190-pound Destin Coates. Uh, Coates is fast. If you saw his high school film, he's got some film out there on his huddle. And he, he's scooting. He, he's gone. Like, he gone. And he, you kind of look like, okay, all right, you playing local talent. You may be playing... DRS, Lincoln. Okay, cool. What what, what it, what it look like? Then you pull up his Georgia State film, and he's still scooting. He ain't slow. So I'm excited to see what he is going to become at FAMU. Is he going to become a larger Bishop Bonnet? How does he fit in with the McLeod kid? I mean, because we, we got 235-pound backs back there to go along with this 190. Another one is, uh, and it's... Cameron Siger and he just signed yesterday he signed his letter of intent he's from McDonough, uh, Georgia on the outskirts of Atlanta and they list him as an athlete but if you look online he's listed as running back DB, receiver but on his 24-7 he's listed as a running back I feel like he's coming in as a running back or a receiver uh, preferably a running back 5'11", 185 that's, that's a good size for a running back not too big not too small especially out of high school if you can stay 511 185 you're going to probably do well but if you can get closer to 205 i think that's something that is going to allow you to play at another level and we all know how long running backs play at that level but again Willie simmons is not afraid to run the ball and you've got an offensive line that is going to run the ball so I'm excited uh, to see what this Rockville is going to do. And it continues that pipeline for the state of Georgia. Even though we don't have the Atlanta Classic anymore, FAMU is still continuing to go up in Georgia and bring them boys down the south. Sliding over to the defensive backfield, though, we got a few guys. And I, I honestly did not think going into this recruiting cycle that family will focus on the defensive backfield very much. I knew we lost some guys, but I also need to had guys. Kelvin Griffin takes a red shirt. I mean, okay. And he, he's pretty good. You know, hopefully he can remain focused. But he he takes a red shirt. We, we took a transfer in Tennessee State last year from Florida High. Sheldon. And he really didn't play last year. Yeah, had those two corners down in the Orlando area from Ocoee High School. we good. I mean, it's the defense in the backfield was solid, but we are getting better, and, I mean, we lose Bill, like, that safety level's bad, like, that, that man, that bad man, and when you watch the Super bowl film. you can see, like, okay, this is what the NFL scouts are looking at, because he's always running the ball, like, they eventually take him out of the game, because this is how I do we gotta give somebody else a chance, like, you could tell he's, he was shining in a way that he was overshadowing some of the other guys that play safety there. So that being said though, the first guy I'm gonna highlight is Kamani King, an Iowa State Transfer 165, And uh what a huge guy, you know, but it's a eyes for corner. Like he could play nickels, he could play on either side me personally with that. And looking at his film, he's got pretty he's got that dog in. he's got pretty good speed. Uh, he played at Iowa State at school in the Big 12. They throw the ball a lot. So if he's struggling in coverage. I'm asking why, because there ain't no option in the Big 12. Every team's there, throwing the ball, and you've been you you've been in the trenches. There's no reason for you to not have the experience as far as playing in coverage. So I, I honestly feel like Kamani King's going to be a guy that by season's end, you are going to be able to say, you can leave him on an island by himself and not have to necessarily roll with safety over the top. Mentioning safety though, there is Lamar Mullins transferred from Tulsa uh, in Oklahoma, another FBS program. They play in Congress uh, USA, but private school. But the gentleman uh, went to high school in Georgia in the Atlanta area of West Lake, he originally was from Miami. He's safety 63205. To me, that that screams Bell, like what? Bell and you know, this, this gentleman, Mars, they look alike. I mean, size wise, build wise, the only difference is I would say Marquise Bell is just a slight bit, you know, and like he's just darker. You know, that that that's that's the only difference. But Mullins. I hadn't seen much of his film, but looking at his size and he was listed as a safety, I feel like they're trying to plug and play and move him to that safety position that Bell played. And that Bell is going be to play safety. That go to the somewhere and do some really good things uh, within the next couple of years. Next is going to be Jordan Moore from Kilgore College. It's a school out there in Texas, 5'11, 210. I think he's a safety personally. But this gentleman also played at Texas and Houston, so he's been out there for a minute, so he he ain't no spring chicken, like he's not coming in here and you're not gonna understand the process. Like me personally he's coming in here as an elder statement. And either he's gonna have a strong personality or he's gonna be one of those dudes that you kinda like added in like you are either and he, he looks like he's here to work. Let me read up the bottom. I read an article about him yesterday. And he left high school in eighteen, when he texts N um, Kevin Summers gets fired. He leaves when Summers gets fired, transfers to Houston, goes to Houston, doesn't really like it. First season he out. Second season wasn't as much and then he ends up at Kilgore. But this is really senior year, his last time around. Super senior but I expect him to come out there with some leadership potential. I feel like he's going to be an asset to the team if he's able to honestly experience and lead, especially some of those freshmen and the sophomores, and those younger guys who don't understand the process of college football, and don't understand that, hey, this is an opportunity and you don't miss the best of it, it is what it, it is, and it's not going to back out. Lastly, in the defensive backfield, is Zaire Riley. Um, nearby local Gaston High School and he's five foot six one sixty. In his film he plays receiver and corner. I personally do not see him playing anything but the nickel corner if he's gonna stay in the backfield, maybe a safety position, kinda like a Tyron Mathieu kind kind of guy. But I think he's val he values the people down. This this guy, his speed looks good on film, he's got heart. He's got got that that, that little bit in him, and I feel like if you are putting him back there, especially on kickoff return, I don't know about punt return. Punt return, it is nice to have those smaller guys who they can bounce off the plays, but they can also get close by somebody trying to make it happen. But on kickoff, those guys just have that innate ability to get lost in coverage because their height is not as large as other people. He's five foot six. He's not six foot five. So, six five cat running through, I can always find him. Five foot six, he get behind some of those blockers. Everybody's running. All of a sudden, he's on the other side of the blockers, and now you're trying to chase him down. You're not going to catch him. And it's uh, I think that's his true value. Um, Maintain, make sure you get your books out of and uh, whatnot. But I really see him. I have a kicker time more than anything just because of his size. And I'm not doubting him. I want him to, to, everybody's doubting me, I'm not doubting you. I'm looking at the size, I'm looking at the weight, and I'm looking at the film, and I'm saying, this guy's got a, a ability to be a Leroy Dan type guy, if you're a fan, you know, you know Leroy Dan, Leroy Dan was an amazing kicker turner, he played D V as well, but his specialty was kicker turner, and he could flip the field, make things happen, and he was he was able to go to the CFL after that, Montreal out of the rest. So, they, he, there's a space for him. He's just got to make sure he feels, fulfills his niche. Uh, now, moving to the linebacker room. The linebacker room is being refilled. You can only have, normally, three to four linebackers on the field at a time. And, and he's got some dudes coming in. Uh, first one is Eric Horn out of Iowa State University. Another cat from over there in Duval, Lanes High School one, they listed between 210 and 225, and um, he's a good addition now. He can hit, to me, the downhill linebacker, which is fine. I, mean, I don't mind, you know, that that's downhill because I feel like our other linebacker is a little better in coverage. And we're going to see how Horn does. Six right, one, you 6one we're going to see a lot of that as far as his height, weight, speed, a lot of that coming on. Next one is Isaiah Major from Dream U, Also, last chance youth, Independence community you college 6 Another guy, college experience. You know, you didn't take a lot of high school guys. And I, I feel like damn youth recruiting classes definitely get overlooked because you're looking at all the transfers that, have, that are going over the Mississippi. They're not looking at the transfers coming to Florida. And uh, do they have the Travis Hunter? You no. Know, but at the same point, they, I don't see any of some of the issues that are uh, following these athletes that follow some of the guys that uh, went from Florida State to Jackson State or to Jackson State, State. The Next one is Devin Smith, another guy from Jacksonville. I'm telling y'all, we starting Jacksonville orange and green. We don't have to have a classic over there for the general, but 6'2", 220 freshman linebacker. I feel like you bring him in, you redshirt him, let him. Learn the system, let him get his grades up, and put them on that five-year program. Say, hey, man, it's a five-year program. It's an it's a hit. FAMU, if you outplay, you potential here at you want to transfer, more going to you. But it's a five-year plan. Get your master's, put the ball out while you're here, go to the senior bowl, do your 23, 24, a master's degree, do college football experience and potentially playing in the postseason bowl that's going to help you land towards a a professional football career. Uh, Next one is Michael Watson, Langston Hughes High School and 6'3", 220. Again, you keep seeing that. 6'1", 6'2", 6'3", 220 pounds. And while all these guys are listed as linebackers, I personally feel like they can also play defensively. I feel like on third down, you give me a defensive tackle or two and put one of those linebackers in keep one of the other defensive ends there, maybe throw an extra all of a sudden I got a speed mismatch. this, this man. Because one of the things, okay, if the tackle is three hundred pounds, that's great. Three hundred pounds long arm. But if that linebacker or defensive end can dip below his reach, a problem. I mean, you can't slow the guy down. But uh, I feel like uh, that's one of the big things. We're looking for some versatility in these linebackers. Uh, now, one of our biggest returners that we are all going to talk about is Isaiah Lane. Uh, Buchanan award winning and best future player in FCS football. I'm here for it, but we're also not talking about Rashawn McKay. McKay, I'm not going to lie to get this season, I wasn't a fan. Of. I was aggravated. I the end of the season, I was here for it. By the end of the season, I felt like he was the best in Like I, I would take him over Jordan Travis in certain scenarios, especially as a passer. Not as a runner, no. But as a passer, McKay was actually pretty good at the end of the season. So we definitely saw, like, and he's got some guys returning that not we really slept, slept on. Like, the running back room is going to be solid. I mean, we got some guys and hopefully you saw Marquise Bell play in the NFL play uh players association game. He read plays well. Excellent tackling skill. Like when he goes for a tackle, you're not even concerned. Like, oh, Marquise Bell is there. And he put on good thing. Like that was and that's the main point for those things: Put on good point good film, get some exposure and uh, get prepared for the next level. So, quick show recap, uh, talked about the men's and women's basketball team. We get another game coming up very soon. Hopefully, the women can get off the schneid and the men can get that winning streak going. We got a one-game winning streak now. We were in first place in the swag. Let's keep shooting for that. Um Hopefully, we get a little better ball play in the first half. Because in the second half, Dan, you outscored uh, Prairie View by a good little bit, I think. I believe it was like a forty-one to like twenty or thirty come out points deficit, uh, difference there, a big difference there. Uh, as far as our signing, Andy's offensive line is going to be some big kids, three hundred pounds all through that offensive line, so that you already know what's up. We're going to run the ball, and we're going to be able to contend with those teams. I think this recruiting class has that orange blossom classic highlight one and. You got to win this game with more than one spot. And I think he's being point blank and feel the The quarterback room, I really love the quarterback room because there's competition there. You have the incumbent, Rashawn McKay. He looked good last like season. He knew what he was doing. First game of the season, not so much. I don't know if it was just he was home in Miami and it was just too much, but five seasons in, by the Florida Classic, he looked pretty solid. And even in the playoff game, he doesn't look bad. I can give him a lot of third time to be you know, honest with you. Um, but he's just look bad. Um Musa is gonna provide some competition and if he can read defense, that's what, where he's going to give McKay a fight. Uh sometimes McKay didn't always catch his reads and that's just football. But I feel like if Musa's gonna come in there and do some big things, that's what it's gonna be. Athletes, uh, Towson gotta find a position for. It. Is he a quarterback, is a receiver, is he gonna try to play running back and slide into the defensive backfield. Wide receiver, you know, like our receiver room, like the size, hopefully we get some more guys out. I would love to get six four, six five receivers. Kinda like that now that guy wide and guy transferred from Tennessee to Jackson State, that was at one point committed to Florida State. That's a Florida 3 year I we really like to have a guy like that on our roster just so that the jump ball is an option. The running backfield, I'm, I'm for it. Our, our running backs, and I'm not trying to be super fan, fanboy here, but I like the running backs. I like what we already have there McLeod, the 235-pound back. I like Coates at 190, and I like Seager at 185. The defensive backfield, I like it. I feel like we got a lot, and some of the competition's supposed to be better. And, um, lastly, I love my linebackers. I like them. I think the linebackers are going to be a, uh, I'm trying to find the right word, but they're going to be a dependable set for family, and they're going to be a position the field where we look for a lot of stability, and where we're going to look at some leadership from, so I, I'm excited for that. So, that's the show, y'all. Um, thank y'all for bearing with me. This is the second show and the streak did end for the basketball team. The recruiting was nuts. National signing was awesome. We'll be back next week. We're going to talk more family athletics. We're going to talk about the football schedule, some of the big things that are coming up. Maybe some of the conflicts. Hopefully you got your homecoming tickets. And we're going to talk about that and this basketball season. And the boys are somewhere coming. Baseball season more kiddos skills coming up and i'm definitely going to talk about that we definitely got to bring in the baseball team and start highlighting what they're doing but that being said this is thumbs up thank y'all for listening and as always i'll continue to fight and cheer for those family lives.